Happy Friday to you all, and welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and boy, do we have a terrific guest again for you today, as a little bit later on in our show, ESPN SEC Network Studio Anchor Peter Burns will be joining us live, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. A little bit later on in the show... Uh, We're going to also be talking about the Arkansas Razorbacks and their upcoming football schedule for 2020. But we start off today with some sad news in the NBA as former Hall of Fame NBA head coach Jerry Sloan has passed away at the age of 78. I know he was having some complications with Parkinson's disease. He led the Jazz to two NBA Finals, one in 97 and one in 98. So sad, sad news about Jerry Sloan and our prayers are sent out to his entire family. You know, the SEC not too long ago, especially Hunter Juracek, the athletic director of the University of Arkansas, came out and said, we are going to go on as usual. We are going to go on with the football season as if nothing has occurred. He has said that he is allowing his players for football back on campus in June, and he is planning on the season starting on September 5th with their home opener. And, you know, I was looking at the schedules and looking at the breakdowns and, you know, wondering how how is Arkansas going to do this year? You know, you, you look at the West last year, the SEC West, and Arkansas was 0-8 and eight last year in uh, in the SEC West. They had actually ended up with a 2-10 and 10 overall record, but failed to win one road game. Not once did they win on the road. They were 0-4. So now they got a new coach. They got Sam Pittman. They got a new offensive coordinator. They got a new defensive coordinator. They got a new quarterback in Felipe Franks. They got new systems in place on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Lots and lots of excitement starting to build around Razorback football after a very dismal year. And, you know, they lost games last year. They definitely should have won. And we're not going to go ahead and recap the whole year. But, you know, they ended up in last place in the SEC West behind Ole Miss, who was 2-6. and six. Mississippi State was 3-5. and five. A&M 4-4. Four and four. Auburn 5-3. and three. Even Alabama lost two games. They were 6-2. and two. And LSU, of course on their run to the national championship was 8 and 0 and those are conference records overall LSU was 15 and 0 so you know you start looking at the schedule for this upcoming year as I'm doing right now and as we said since this since 
Hunter Juracek, Sam Pittman, and the rest of the football team is planning on playing the season as is this year. Let's go ahead and break down that schedule. You know, you look at the first week, September 5th. They play Nevada, a very winnable game. They play Nevada, and that's the home game that is here, obviously, in Arkansas on September 5th. The time, obviously, hasn't been determined. Then they go, a week later, they travel to Notre Dame. What a tough, tough game that's going to be. Uh, you know, Notre Dame, one of the better teams in college football. Then you go to Mississippi State. Okay, um, Mississippi State, you know, another tough team uh, that they're going to have to face. Then as we look down on the schedule, as I went by it too quick, um, A&M will come here to play Arkansas. Then we finally get to play a team that we should beat in Charleston Southern. Then, if you look, back-to-back -back weeks. Listen to this, Razorback fans. On the 10th of October, here at home, we play Alabama. Wow. And just when you think it can't get any more difficult, the following week, at home again, we play LSU on the 17th. Obviously, both of those games are going to be, the times will be determined, but those could be some prime games. They should be some prime games on the television networks. But back-to-back -back weeks, you got Arkansas and LSU. Then you finally get a bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We finally get some time off before playing Auburn, then Mississippi, then L.A. Monroe, and then finishing up with Missouri. The good thing about our schedule is we should win the last three games of the year. Okay, the last three games, Mississippi, Ole Miss is definitely beatable. L.A. Monroe, definitely beatable. And Missouri is definitely beatable. And I hate saying anyone, you know, especially like Missouri, Ole Miss, anyone in the uh, SEC West is beatable. But those are teams that you have to play against and you have to beat. So, you know, if you look at it, that's why I was saying on a little bit earlier in some of my episodes that I really think that the Arkansas Razorbacks can definitely win five games. Anything more would be amazing. Remember, I believe it takes six wins to become bowl eligible. I'm not going to sit here and bet my money on that that would happen. But I would go ahead and say that I think they definitely could win five games. Now, I'd love to hear the opinions of the Arkansas Razorback fans out there. Once again, you can leave a message at the end of this podcast and give us your thoughts on you how you think the Arkansas Razorbacks will do this year. How many games do you think they can win? You can do that, or you can go to, frankly speaking, 528 at gmail.com, and I want to let you all know you could follow us on Twitter at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. You can go to Frankly Speaking Sports Facebook page, one of the fastest growing pages in the nation, 
Go ahead, ask to join. Send your friends. Go ahead, ask them to join. We keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We put all our podcasts, all our interviews, and all of our latest news, latest information on that actual page. We also have a YouTube page where we put all our interviews on now. So every single interview we do, like the Peter Burns one we're about to do, or the previous ones like the Michael Barron that we did yesterday, all will be on YouTube for your listing pleasure. The channel is free. You have to subscribe, but it is free. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Now, leading on our way over to the NFL, um, the NFL is coming up with some proposed rule changes, and they're going to be discussing it. I believe it's next Thursday. They'll be discussing it on a virtual call among some of the rule changes that might happen in the upcoming football season. And, you know, I remember we talked uh, last week to the great uh, Dean Blandino, who used to be the head of officiating for the XFL and the senior vice president of the NFL officiating. He's now an analyst on Fox uh, with the rules during the games. And he mentioned some of the changes he thought might happen that might actually come from the XFL and they might implement in the NFL. And I think one of the biggest changes or biggest rule changes that they're talking about in this upcoming year is the onside kick. When a team scores who is trailing, um, they're trailing, they score, instead of doing an onside kick, they can take the ball at that 25-yard line and it's 4th and 15. So just like anything else, you throw 15 yards, that's where you get the ball and you keep you keep the ball or you get possession and you can go ahead and continue to play. If you miss it, the other team would get the ball back. I believe it's at the 25-yard line or wherever you're stopped on that particular play, just like a regular fourth down and 15. So note, that's how that would run. You're allowed two of those a game. Okay. The only thing that comes up to me and the question from my side of things is what what's going to be happen if you want to just do an onside kick at a weird part of the game just to catch the other team off guard. So I'm sure you'll be able to still do the, you know, the onside kick as we know. But I think, you know, I, I, I asked myself, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And, you know, I think it adds a lot of excitement to the game. Um, you know, very, very small percentage of onside kicks are actually actually executed correctly. Number one, everybody knows an onside kick is coming. There is really no strategic uh, way to do an onside kick. You're either kicking it to the right side, you're kicking it straight, or you're kicking it to the left side. Other than that, there's no different play or, that you can call from the playbook that would really, in my opinion, differentiate from an ordinary onside kick where on fourth down now and 15, you can run any play in the playbook. 
So it gives you a lot more options, and I think what the NFL is trying to do is to actually make the percentage higher and more successful so that it will add a lot more excitement to the game. And I think it will. You know, obviously your better teams, your better offensive teams are going to have an advantage because they're better at succeeding. Uh, But, you know, I think it's a great move. I, I really do. And I really, really hope that they do implement that. And we'll find out more about that next Thursday, but it looks like there's a pretty good chance that they are going to do that. We'll be back right after this. The tip of the day, I read this quote and I really like it. Life is meaningless without purpose. And it's so true. Think about it. Even no purpose at all when you wake up and whatever you're trying to do in life, it's got to become meaningless. You have to have purpose. you got to wake up with some goals and some desires that you want to achieve and attain. And it starts again by you having that mental attitude, that mental attitude that I can do it, not that quitter's attitude. What do we often say? A quitter never wins and a winner never quits. Don't quit in anything in life, whether it be sports, whether it be education, law, medicine. You chase that goal you have and you chase it with some meaningful plans and goals that you have and make them happen by your effort and your energy. Yes, you can make it happen. You will make it happen. But it starts with purpose. It starts with a plan and it starts with a goal that you can make a reality. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and we are moments away, only moments away, from having the great Peter Burns ESPN SEC Network studio anchor on air live. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. And not only do we have a great show today, but we have some great, great shows Coming up next week. We have yet decided if we're going to do an episode on Monday. I guess we'll wake up on Monday and decide it's Memorial Day. If we want to work, we'll go ahead and do it. If we don't, we won't. But Tuesday through Friday next week, boy, do we have some great guests joining us. It starts on Tuesday the 26th when Phil Elson, the co-host of the halftime show on ESPN Arkansas, and he does play-by-play for the University of Arkansas Baseball, will be joining us. Then on Wednesday, we stay with the Arkansas theme. We have Ty Richardson. He produces, he co-hosts on ESPN Arkansas, has been known to do pregame and postgame shows for Arkansas football, will be joining us as well. So, Tuesday and Wednesday, definitely going to have at least one guest Maybe more on those days, but right now it's all about Arkansas sports those two days. Then we go ahead and we move over to Wednesday. And Zach Berman, who covers the Philadelphia Eagles, will be joining us live. Followed up on Friday by the great Eastern Florida head coach, junior college head coach, Jeremy Schulman. So we are packed solid next week with interview after interview after interview. So please make sure you join us next week for all these great upcoming shows. And we are starting to get some news out of the NHL that the NHL will be resuming 
their season. Well, it won't be their season. It'll be a playoff. So they're going to do a playoff. I believe it's 24, 26 teams that they're going to be using, having certain places uh, listed as uh, hubs for the NHL players. And they're supposed to come out with this announcement uh, sometime by June 1st, which I believe is a week from this Monday. So we should hear something this upcoming week. But according to Gary Bettman, they have a plan in place to go and start the playoffs in the NHL. Now, it has not been released how much time they will need to get back in shape. Uh, I don't know exactly how long it would take hockey players to get back in game shape. But it is being reported that by June 1st, we should hear something about a playoff plan that I think will take us, you know, could take us possibly into August or I would say September. And then I think what they're going to do, yeah, here it is, says up till September and then they will delay the beginning of the next season. So it looks like we're going to have hockey I would assume if they make the announcement, the playoffs will probably start sometime in uh, probably sometime in July. You know, take them a couple weeks to get in shape. Once again, I don't know how long that'll take. Um, then they'll start playing. They're going to have playing rounds, and then they're going to have a certain number. I think the top four teams from the divisions will make automatically make the uh, playoffs. So that's some positive news coming out of the NHL. You know, another good thing that was coming out, I saw, and, you know, I don't know much about, uh, you know, what's going on at the University of Alabama from a day-to-day basis, but I saw a public service announcement that I thought was terrific, and, you know, it shows you how bad Nick Saban definitely wants to play football, but it's about wearing masks, and they have their mascot, uh, Big Al, in it and he's not wearing a mask and we're going to let you hear this clip and I think it's really important for those people out there you know to definitely wear a mask and it's not just from you going on and spreading the germs but it's also helpful in keeping you from actually contracting the disease as well so let's listen to this clip just a great great clip You need to be staying six feet away from me. And haven't I told you you have to wear a mask when you're in this building? I mean, come on, Big Al. We're supposed to be practicing social distancing, which means we have to be six feet away from each other. Don't worry, Big Al. We've all been there before, buddy. Let's go get you a mask. All of us want to make sure we play football this fall. And to make that happen, we must be sure we stay at home if we have symptoms, wash your hands often, follow all social distancing guidelines, and please wear a mask anytime you're around other people. That was Coach Saban, and I thought that was a great, great, great message. And, you know, I know we say it a lot on this show, but we never say it enough. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, CNAs, grocery line workers, uh, truckers, just anybody, restaurant workers that have really, really made a difference the last couple of months in people's lives. You never, uh, no one's ever going to be able to tell you how much they respect 
everything you have done and how much they have appreciated everything you, you have done. And I want to make sure that you all understand from the entire, frankly speaking, sports staff that we appreciate you a 100% for everything that you do. Once again, I want to remind you all in moments away from the great Peter Burns, ESPN, SEC Network studio anchor joining us live, want to remind you all that if you have any comments, thoughts, concerns, things you'd like us to talk about in future shows, you can leave a message right at the end of this link, and we'll play that message on our next episode. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, at Larry Frankis, that's with the U.S. at the end. You have a Twitter account, go to Twitter, follow me. Hey, you never know, I might follow you back. Then, don't forget the fastest-growing Facebook group page in the nation, Frankly Speaking Sports. Once again, remember, type in the word sports, because if you don't, you're going to be frankly speaking about a lot of different subjects you might not be interested in. You go ahead, you type in sports, you'll be asked to join. Go ahead and join. I will approve your membership, and you will now be a member of the fastest growing sports group who constantly updates you with not just all the podcasts, not just all the interviews, but also with the latest updates in the sports news going on in the world. So if you want the latest update on sports news, what an incredible Facebook group to join. Also, if you love our videos and you want to continue to listen to past videos and continue to listen to future interviews, you can go ahead and go to our YouTube channel, Frankly Speaking Sports. Once again, all our interviews will be on there. You'll be asked to subscribe, but don't worry. The subscription is free. I don't know why. People see the word subscribe, they get all nervous that it's going to cost them a ton of money. But not here, baby. You go ahead, you join, subscribe, and you will now have access to all the interviews that we have done. We sometimes throw clips from podcasts. Sometimes we'll throw podcasts on there, like the podcast that got a lot, a lot of positive comments people wanted to hear on the racism in the NFL. That podcast is on our YouTube page. And the great thing about YouTube, you can sit on your couch. If you got a smart TV, go to YouTube, go to Frankly Speaking Sports, pick the interview you want, sit back, and listen to the audio of our interview. Baby, you can have a drink, you can have chips, you can have dip, and you can listen to Frankly Speaking Sports. What's better than that? Ladies and gentlemen, now on the Frankly Speaking Sports Hotline, it's my pleasure to introduce to you ESPN SEC Network studio anchor, Peter Burns. Peter, how are you doing today? Larry, I'm good, man. By that, by that intro, you're going to be putting me out of a job soon, man. You got, you got a down pat. I'm going to take my, my, uh, my broadcasting tips from you going forward. <laughs> I appreciate that. Actually, Peter, you know, I was reading something. I think it was yesterday, and... You know, I follow you on Twitter, obviously, you know that. And uh, it was one of the most interesting things, and I'm not a big-time reader, so to get me to read anything is really, really amazing. And it was about a blog you did six years ago. You were basically talking about your career in uh, broadcasting and uh, reporting and stuff like that. Just an amazing, 
amazing piece that I read, and I know a lot of people have read it, and it leads me to my first question, obviously, that I had for you. We have a lot of listeners here that, you know, they want to be podcasters, they want to be sports anchors, they want to be sports reporters. Tell them how you personally went about starting your career in the business and about how hard it really was to get where you are today. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like there's a traditional, you know, career path of like, hey, you know, going to school and getting a degree in, in mass communications or, or journalism and then, you know, working for a small television station or a small radio station kind of building up. And my, mine was completely opposite of that. You know, I worked in the gas and oil industry right out of school. And, um, you know, there used to be a, a guy named Andrew Siciliano who is one of the big hosts on NFL Network, he was part of a radio show, Fox Sports Radio, and one year they had this, like, American Idol type, uh, you know, send in an audition and you can be a radio show host for a day. So I send in an audition tape, and um, and lo and behold, I end up winning this nationwide contest, and I got to go host it in Los Angeles for a day. And after I did that, I was sold, man. I couldn't, I, you know, I was so excited about trying to do this for a living and so I went to the local sports station in San Antonio, Texas, where I was living, and I said, hey, man, I'll, I'll take any job you have. I don't care what it is. Just get me in the door. And um, they said, all right, well, we're not going to put you on air because we don't know who you are and if you're any good, but here's a uh, phone book and learn how to sell advertising. And uh, so sure enough, I took any job. I didn't know how to sell advertising, but learned it as best as I could and did that pretty well. And eventually they ended up giving me a, a you know a little – weekend show that no one listened to and that progressed and made it into a, a you know a, a daily Monday through Friday show and that progressed to a national show and then you know now I've kind of just lucked out to get to here that's kind of a fast forward version of it but um you know it just goes to show you there's no real you know it, it's more being in the right place at the right time as opposed to an actual you know true roadmap to get to that spot yeah and you know and like I said that blog was just amazing I loved it um, you know, it was about two months ago, I'm sitting down and I had just moved to Arkansas. I lived in Florida for 36 years. My wife had had gotten a position out here and I'm sitting down, I'm watching the S the beginning. And I say beginning because you understand there was no ending of the SEC tournament and Arkansas, um, is playing Vanderbilt. I'm watching the game and in the middle of the game, Breaking news comes out that the NBA is canceling this season. And then you know the story that went on after that. Um, Talk about, you know, you follow the SEC. Talk about first the athletes. You know, not only the um, experiences that they lost from not being in these tournaments and um, the, but how about all the exposure they lost and, now they'll never have a chance to get that back. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's it's the opportunity for a lot of these kids, especially for like the Arkansas, you know, Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones and, you know, Eric Musselman's team had a lot of talent coming into the year, and they started really kind of, you know, catching their stride, especially when, when Joe got a little bit back healthy and you wanted to see the team. And it's tough because for a lot of these kids, you know, we think of, we think of college athletes as, you know, Joe Burrow or Tua Tungavailoa, you know, the all big-time stars, well, guess what? That maybe is 1% of college athletes, maybe 2% are the stars that we know. It's a lot of the kids that are the, 
you know, the, the seventh guy and, and the bench player for Arkansas, um, you know, basketball, or, or for women's hoops, South Carolina might have an equipment manager who just started with the team, but they didn't get a chance to go on a national championship run. So, you know, that, that's the tough part about it. And I think that's why, you know, athletic directors across the board were so, um, uh, not, not upset's the wrong word, but just disappointed because you see how hard these kids in the non-marquee events at sports work so hard to get to this point, and then now finally, you know, here they are getting ready to play, and it all gets shut down, and it's not because of something the kids did, and and I think that's been the brutal part, because you're right, it is a lot of exposure for them, but it's just a life experience. I mean, those kids will always remember playing in a tournament, and now they got kind of robbed of that because of this whole coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, and you know, for a network like the SEC Network, this was supposed to be one of the busiest times. You had the tournament starting, the SEC tournament. You're going to have March Madness. You have conferences in baseball beginning to play conference games. I know Arkansas is just about to start theirs. I mean, how much has it affected a network like your network? Well, I mean, a lot because, you know, I, I, I look at this as like as much as we do basketball and um, and football really well, I think the best thing we do on our network is baseball and softball because those are traditionally the sports that don't get a whole lot of love, right? Um, that they, they don't get, um, you know, a bunch of notoriety and, and we showcase them. So for us, when baseball or when baseball and softball goes away, you know, that's, that's at least three days a week where we would traditionally have live games and people um, tuning into our network and us being in studio doing a pregame show or a postgame show. But when you don't have those, you know, all of a sudden everything is stagnant. You know, you're not getting an opportunity to really do uh, what, what you love to do in those jobs. So, you know, it's definitely changed. I mean, I would imagine, you know, I don't know the numbers, but Clearly, we probably, you know, because we're not doing live games, we're not going to have naturally as many viewers as we would traditionally have. Um, but it also helps us in a way kind of re, you know, energize our creative minds a little bit more because traditionally like, what we do is, hey, we have the baseball season, softball season, and then we go straight into football season again. We don't have a time to kind of really develop new ideas. This whole pandemic has allowed us to kind of shift our brains to try new creative things. You know, we're doing a show with Laura Rutledge, which is called No Off Season, where we go in-depth interviews with some big stars. We, um, you know, I did a show with Gus Malzahn where we go, remember when Kick Six happened? And we, we look back at some of the big plays, um, you know, and so it's allowing us, how we just did show and tell with Jimmy Johnson, the NASCAR guy, on, on Marty and McGee. So in a weird way, it's opened our minds of what more creative things we can do with the network as opposed to just showing ball games. Now, the biggest question, not just relating to the SEC, but um, the entire college football world, is whether there is going to be a season or not. But looking at the SEC, especially here in Arkansas, you know, we heard Hunter Juracek, the athletic director, come out and said, we're doing business as usual. We plan on the guys reporting in June, and we plan on playing our home opener on September 5th. What's the latest you hear out of the college football? Let's talk about the SEC anyway, as far as uh, college football. 
Yeah, I mean, as for the SEC right now, and in fact, it was just released, um, you know, on, on Friday, is that they're going to be returning to be back on campus for students. I believe June the eighth. I believe that was the the, the um, what they had allowed or permitting uh, athletic activities to begin June eighth. And so, what that does is that still gives you uh, about six to eight weeks to get these kids ready if they do indeed have a season. So I think what's going to end up happening is that kids are going to go back on campus here on June 8th. Um, obviously, everyone's going to be really careful. And I think they're going to monitor how it goes. And as long as there's not super major issues, then I think we will have college football as scheduled in September. The only issue is that I don't believe that we will have, you know, 80,000 people over in Fayetteville for a football game. You know, I think, I think it's going to take a while for us um, to kind of ease back into having bigger and bigger stadiums and bigger and bigger crowds. But at least for us, I would take some football is better than no football. Yeah, definitely. Now, let me ask you, obviously, LSU, they won the national championship last year. Uh, they lost a lot of players this year, as well as their offensive coordinator, Um do you think they still have a legitimate shot to repeat? And who do you think, in the, if anyone, I mean, obviously Alabama, but besides that, that can actually challenge them? Yeah, I mean, again, I think LSU is actually in a, in a really good situation because, um, you know, they had a lot of young guys play as well, even though they lost a bunch of guys to the NFL. And I love this kid, Miles Brennan. You know, Miles Brennan is a kid that's been on the LSU quarterback. He's been on campus for about four years now. So it's not as if, hey, you're breaking some new kid in. Um, but they did lose, you know, offensive, their pass game coordinator, Joe Brady. They end up losing Dave Aranda, their defensive coordinator, who goes out to Baylor to be a head coach. So they are losing a lot of pieces. I, I personally think that in a weird way, it's, it's the East that I think is a little bit stronger this year. Um, that I think it actually ends up being Florida and Georgia that are probably the two best teams in the conference. Then I think you have LSU, Alabama, and A&M kind of being that, that second tier that's pretty close. Um, and a third tier is probably Auburn uh, and maybe Tennessee are, are those tiers. But I would tell you this, and I've told people this for uh, a couple of weeks now, and even leading into before this pandemic started, that I firmly believe that this is going to be the most wide-open SEC race we've had in maybe two decades. And now the fact that, you know, we have this and there's no spring practice and everyone's kind of bunched together and we're all trying to figure it out together, I think this is going to be one of the wildest college football seasons we'll ever, we'll ever see. Now we're talking to Peter Burns, ESPN SEC Network studio anchor. Uh, Peter, a couple of more questions before we let you go. Um, number one is... The, I know you're a golf fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sunday you have a golf match going on uh, between four guys we know uh, all heard of, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, is that something you might be watching? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, listen, like right now I'll watch anything, uh, especially when it comes to live sporting events. But, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. Um, and – you know, I think one of the reasons why is, you know, the first one that Tiger and, and Phil had was, was just great. It was great drama. It was good to see those guys um, play a match together. But now you add Peyton Manning, who's fantastic at trash talking. You have Tom Brady, who, of course, is one of the best quarterbacks of all time as well with Eric Peyton. 
And I think it's just going to be unique. I think we're going to see more of this. And I think going back to, you know, what you and I talked about earlier about being creative, I think we're going to start seeing after this broadcasting change in the fact that we are going to mic up a lot more players. We are going to get a lot more access. We are going to do things in which we've never really done quite before. And, and, and to see those guys mic'd up is going to be awesome because, um, you know, I, I talked to Chris DeMarco, who's a former Florida Gator golfer, and he's been playing a lot of golf with Peyton Manning out in Denver, and he says, hey, man, Peyton's out there grinding like he's playing in the Super Bowl. You know, like, so um, I'm curious to see how that, uh, how that plays. And I, I, I'm, taking, I'm, taking Peyton, uh, I'm taking Peyton and Tiger in, in, in that match to shoot to say the least. Well, you know, so am I. And, you know, the funny thing about that you had just mentioned, I mean, and you understand it, but a lot of the fans don't realize, you know, obviously Phil and Tiger, they're professional golf players. But someone like Manning and Brady, their competitive nation takes over in something like this, and they really want to win, don't they? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's how, no matter the sport, take, take, take these guys being competitors on football, it doesn't matter. Like, the reason why they're so good is they're so competitive. And so I look at it and I'm like, all right, one of two things is going to happen. Like, like I think they'll be fun in games a little bit. Um, but I think when they get in there, I, I think the first couple of holes is going to be like ner- this nervous energy. They're both trying to pry each other's eyeballs out. Then I think in the middle part of the round, they'll be having a little bit more fun. But the last four or five holes, those guys are, those guys are competitive at tiddlywinks and, 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 ch- and checkers. So um, you don't become as good as you are without being that competitive. So I, I – I cannot wait. I do a Sunday morning ESPN radio show, and I think I'm going to spend a whole three hours just talking about it. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to seeing that show. I want to thank you so much, Peter, uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today on Frankly Speaking Sports. Man, look forward to doing it, and hopefully next time we're breaking down football for uh, you know in, in, in big games this fall. It sounds great to me. Stay safe, my friend. That was the great Peter Burns, ESPN, SEC Network, Studio Anchor. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. Boy, did you enjoy that. A lot of good information from Peter Burns. And if you never get the opportunity to listen or watch Peter Burns, which I would find that hard to believe if you're a sports fan. Like he said, he does a show on ESPN. He's on the SEC Network. Follow him. Just a great, great guy. Um, want to remind you that we have a lot of great, great shows coming up. If you're enjoying these interviews, you definitely want to stay tuned next week because Tuesday through Friday, we are book solid. I believe it's Phil Elson, uh, play-by-play baseball announcer for the University of Arkansas, does a halftime show on ESPN Arkansas. He's joining us Tuesday. Wednesday, it's going to be Ty Richardson. Boy, he's a producer and he's a co-host on ESPN Arkansas. Two days in a row, Arkansas, Arkansas. Then we go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, Zach Berman who covers them. We'll talk some Eagles football. And on Friday, it's Jeremy Schulman, the great head coach of Eastern Florida who has over 650 career wins as a head coach. So what an exciting week we have scheduled for you next week. Don't forget, 
Frankly Speaking Sports is now on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Subscribe to us. It's free. We also have the fastest growing Facebook group in the nation, Frankly Speaking Sports. Not only is all our podcasts, not only is all our interviews, but we have lots and lots of sports information from previous and things that are happening on a daily basis so you get the most updated, fastest sports news in the world. Also want to remind you, if you have any comments that you would or things you would like us to discuss, you can leave a message right at the end of this podcast. You just go to message, leave a message. It'll be a voice message. We'll play it on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. Want to also let you know, follow us on Twitter, at Larry Frankis. I am new to Twitter. I am trying. Any advice you can give me, I would love to hear it. Send that information to Frankly Speaking 528 at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. Thank you.